0: Uh, say something. Uh,
1: hey, all right, perfect.
2: There is something I did. I do want to try. Okay. Since it'll, I probably won't be able to bring this up until next time. Okay, I have that set up. Perfect. Um. So as I was editing a few days ago, it was last week. Um, I got to this point where we were talking about, I want to say, is like in the middle section of our 9 conspiracies. And you're like, oh, yeah, like the government's not going to like tell you those things. Like they're definitely hiding something from us. Mm-hmm. And we picked up something that I don't think was either of us. Oh,
0: right. I forgot about that already.
2: And
1: I can see if I can find it, but I. It might take me a
2: minute. Oh, and I forgot that I have the audios. I download the audio separately. Mm. So it was on my end where it picked it up because it was on my audio track and not on yours.
0: Oh, interesting.
2: So, and the thing that really weirded me out about it was that it doesn't sound like me. Hmm. So... Figured, now's as good a good time as any. We could see if maybe we pick something up again. Okay, um, that sounds good to me. I'm gonna open that up right now, Eugene. If you're here with me, just say whatever you feel like. I guess I don't really know how this whole ghost hunting thing works.
0: I don't either. I mean, I feel like I feel like it's kind of up to the spirit. Like exactly. the spirit, yeah.
2: But he did agree with you, and that the government will not tell you things. <laughs> so just like, wait so much like, better is that it's like the government's not going to tell you stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, was like, oh. <laughs> it wasn't just like a yes; it was like a yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I like the idea that he's strongly agreeing. He's like, this kid knows what he's talking about. I lived through the JFK assassination, and if I've learned anything, it's that you can't trust the government. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Oh, Eugene, if you want to chime in, please do. I know, I want to say he likes hanging out with me more than he likes hanging out with Gabriel, to be honest. Oh, okay. Because I feel like he hangs around me more just in general, but that's, that's just my interpretation.
0: Well, didn't you say that Gabriel's a vet?
2: He is.
0: Maybe Eugene also was, and he's like, I hung out he with was. enough of them. They were both them. in the
2: Navy, which is like the, kind of the funny thing, is that they, Gabriel was oh. in the Navy and Eugene was in the Navy.
0: I forgot that you actually knew. Yeah, I forgot that you. I, I was thinking that Eugene was like a persona, right?
2: No, like I actually looked up his uh, information, his, uh, oh, God. What are those called? It's not a eulogy, but you obituary like you put it in the paper. Yeah, yeah. I looked up his obituary and it said he was a naval vet.
1: Well, that's That's cool.
2: How I know that his name is Eugene and I know that. Oh, gosh, I can't remember how many kids it said he had. I want to say it was like three or something. But, you know, little things like that. Yeah. Like survived by. And he had 20 cats. He did not have 20 cats. As far as I know.
0: Eugene likes the felines. Well, I mean, if he chimes in again, it'll be interesting to hear what he has to say.
2: It will be. It'll be interesting to see if he has any strong opinions, especially on our topic today.
0: Mm. Which
1: is aliens!
0: Yeah I was gonna say we didn't do a formal introduction, but I suppose we could kind of just jump in.
2: We can. Welcome. Hello! We'll have that in.
0: Yeah, you can all just listen to us talk about Eugene. We talked about him a little bit in previous episodes. So yes. we're doing like a we're doing like a cold open for this episode. We're just gonna kind of be like, Hey, how's it going? How's it going? like, Oh, you're in the episode already. Boom! Nailed it.
2: Aha. Surprise. <laughs> the surprise attack.
0: Yeah, I do like kind of transitioning to aliens after uh, conspiracies and then talking about ghosts. For anyone who's been listening, you probably have gathered that I'm more of a skeptic. I don't know that I believe that ghosts exist, but in terms of like crypto sort of zoology stuff, I do think at least that aliens are probably the most likely thing to really exist.
2: I was going to ask about that. It was your opinions and thoughts on aliens. and? whether or not you do think they exist, because I actually don't know if you think that or not.
0: A, a, a science teacher, actually, of mine in eighth grade convinced me, and she had the the simplest argument that, that uh, made me a believer. And I'll go a little bit more into it later of what I actually think. But she just said, you know even if you're religious and, you know, we have telescopes, we can see how big the universe is. We know that there's a lot of stuff out there. And she would always say, like, if if we're the only thing that exists on this one little planet in this, just by itself, the vastness of our galaxy, she's like, it seems like a lot of wasted space. It's like, like yeah. what would be the point? And then the more I got into, like, college and stuff and just thinking about the statistical nature of it, as unlikely as it is that we would exist on like a perfectly you know situated planet in a galaxy that is incredibly harsh and trying to kill us like every second you would expect mathematically there's at least one more
2: yeah and
0: maybe, maybe not like us but
2: I'll, I'll, get into, I'll get into that with my own okay. opinions
0: yeah but, and I will yeah. say that like do I think they visited us no Of the things that people consider to be evidence, I don't find any of it compelling. I don't think... I I think the only thing that we would really consider to be evidence is, like, other people's firsthand accounts, and we have no way to verify that. Um, I think they're very interesting to listen to, but the bottom line is we just can't prove it. And even considering how vast just the area surrounding our solar system is... It seems very unlikely that any other creatures have come from somewhere else to visit us. But even with all that being said, I find it really interesting to like chat about and think about and, you know, Area 51 and all that stuff. It's it's really cool. It's fun.
2: It is. And I can say from um, having taken astrology in college, which was like, Mm. or not astrology, astrology. <laughs> I was gonna ask for you to we clarify do so just a to make sure. Astrology. Mm-hmm. That's my man. Uh, I've been watching a lot of videos on astrology lately. Well, so
0: and whoever came why. up with that, I mean, brilliant marketing strategy because it sounds so similar. It's so easy to mix that up.
2: Yeah, and there there are bases and things within astrology that are based in science, like the way your sign is like picked is based off of Mm. the constellations position in the sunrise. Mm -hmm. That's actually how, you know, like what your Zodiac sign is, is based off of the sun in which constellation it is on the day you were born.
0: Yeah. I would assume there's a decent amount of crossover. Like for astrology, you have to know a certain amount of the layout of the solar system. Mm -hmm. And like you said, like how that, is reflected in constellations throughout the galaxy.
2: Yeah. But then like there's um, some other stuff where it then kind of goes into more of the, what they call pseudoscience area, which I'm not going to, you know, hit on anyone who is really into that or believes that, but that is not what we are going to get into today.
0: Okay. Fair enough. And before we delve into that, uh, since we've talked about the aliens already, I'll go ahead and talk about our, our pairings for this week real quick. Um, yeah. The drink is actually inspired from something that I had when uh, Lily and I visited Seattle. We went to this um, like crab restaurant on the pier, and I ordered a drink called the Kraken, and it's because it, ma- it contains quite a bit of Kraken rum. Now, the actual mm-hmm. recipe calls for the Kraken-like cold brew coffee roasted something something special thing and I've had it before I thought it was delicious couldn't find yeah. it so I'm using just regular crack and rum which I also really like but I do think it's affected mm. the flavor a little bit but then it's a uh, peanut butter whiskey and that restaurant specifically uses screwball and I was able to find that here so crack and rum screwball peanut butter whiskey and then cold brew coffee a little dash of cream And that makes the Kraken. But for this episode, I wanted to put a twist on it. And and thanks to your genius suggestion, add just a little bit of the blue Curacao. And I haven't quite nailed it down, but it's almost gray. You can see it. It's still sort of a a brown, but it's grayer than like the first time I tried. And so the drink this week we're calling the gray in honor of people being visited by little gray aliens. Also commonly referred to as green aliens, little little green men, but uh, we're specifically talking about gray ones. And yes. then it was—it's already kind of a coffee drink, and it made me think, sort of like a breakfasty kind of thing. You wouldn't necessarily have the drink for breakfast, but the pairing you ended could up
2: for brunch.
0: Oh yeah, it'd be a great. Well, when I—the I, I, only cruise I've ever been on. I loved because we got like this alcohol package and it's a pretty hefty cost up front. But when you get onto the ship and you see all of the costs of all of the drinks, um, you start to have like two Baileys for breakfast with your coffee and stuff and you're just mm-hmm. having a great time and the costs start racking up. So it's like there is definitely a time and place for like a morning drink. Um, and that made oh, me yeah. think of... What uh, I grew up knowing as bullseyes, which is just a piece of toast Mm -hmm. with a hole in the middle, crack an egg inside it, and it fries up real good. And so I thought, maybe I can like cut the edges off and make it a circle. And I'm like, there's got to be an easier way or like something that's more suited to it. So I just went out and grabbed some frozen pancakes. I've never had them. I think I might get them again just for pancakes in general, because they're actually quite tasty. I just got the store brand ones, and they're better than I thought they would be.
2: Yeah, I got the ego ones, and I was like, this has a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. And I made two just because I wanted to go with whichever one looked the best, and then I ended up not taking a photo. So I gave the other okay. one to the dog for dinner, and she had a nice <laughs>
3: little treat.
0: Yeah, I did take some different. photos. Um Every time we do this, I always have an image of what I want it to look like, and maybe I just am not enough of a chef, I haven't cooked enough stuff yet to do that that well, but the whole thing I was going for was a bullseye with a pancake, small enough that when you pull out, like, the circle part in the middle, the kind of donut hole of the pancake, so to speak, then you put, you fry the egg inside it, the egg yolk would be just perfectly cooked that it's still a little gooey, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's hot and ready to go. And then you gently yeah. lay the, the, um, the circle piece of the pancake on top of it. And it will kind of look like a little spaceship. And I call them frying saucers. I mean, who doesn't I like that. Like yeah. Who doesn't like a good dad joke? Eugene, that was for you. I'm sure he likes that kind of comedy. Uh-huh.
2: I hope so. I hope he's laughing yeah.
0: Right yeah. And hopefully he can smell it. They smell pretty good. Um, it, it didn't quite turn out the way I wanted it to. The egg went all over the top of it. It didn't really soak into yep. the pancake at all. Um, They don't look very pretty, but they taste delightfully McGriddle-ish. And I didn't add yeah. any pancake syrup or anything, but I'm very pleased with the taste.
2: I added syrup to mine, and oh, okay. like, I would make this for breakfast. So...
0: Yeah, I've, I was I was I know pretty pleased.
2: Ideas for the next few days.
0: Yeah, and like you were saying about like brunch, this would be a perfect thing. And actually, I was telling Lily like I think the better way to do it, maybe more than a bullseye with a pancake, just I mean, heat up the two pancakes, like fry them quick in a in a pan, and maybe even like while the egg is cooking, and then just use it as a sandwich. Just use the two pieces of pancake ooh, yeah. and like put some ham on it and stuff, maybe some cheese. I bet it'd be freaking delicious. I
2: pretty yeah.
0: good. Maybe we'll try that in the future, but for this week, we have the gray and the uh, frying saucers, and that will go well, hopefully, with with our, uh, our story this week of aliens.
2: Yes, and I I've been looking forward to this episode for a little while, just because mm. I do have all of these ideas, like, listed and mapped out as far as, like, episodes and stuff, and I had mentioned a while back when I was home visiting, my stepmom was asking me about the podcast. Mm
1: -hmm. And
2: she was like, oh, yeah, like that. It sounds like that's really great. And I was like, yeah, like I'm really excited about some of our upcoming episodes. Like we're going to do this. We're going to do that. And I was like, and we're going to talk about aliens. And she's like, you know, I was abducted by aliens once. And I was like. I'm I'm sorry. Sure. What? <laughs> I I'm like, I have known you for fifteen plus years. Yeah, <laughs> it's like fifteen. Yeah, like sixteen years. I think going on around that. I'm like, and this is the first I am hearing about this.
0: How has this never come up once? What are you? What? I've yeah. never mentioned aliens before.
2: And she's like, well, it just like hasn't really come up. I'm like, how many times have we watched shows that are about ghosts and aliens (laughs) and like cryptids and Bigfoot? Like, this is a very common occurrence within the house. So to have not heard this story, I was just completely baffled. So I actually asked her if she would be interested in sitting down and talking about it with me. And yeah putting it on the podcast so i actually sat down and recorded it with her just <laughs> the experience so i'm gonna Shut play up. that for you oh my
0: god and i'll get it all i i cannot stress listeners. i cannot stress enough i had no idea this was happening and i am so goddamn excited right now i, I can't know, this, wait this
2: is the big surprise for you this week
0: i think i, I appreciate that I, I think you may have mentioned it once a few months ago or something just like down the line kind of a thing but I completely forgot and I definitely didn't know that you were like planning to sit down and chat with her and I oh my god I'm I'm so excited I can't wait
2: that's yes. all right so I'm gonna pull that up so I'm hoping this is loud enough I recorded it on my phone so I'm not sure what the quality is exactly so hopefully it is
3: okay
1: let's do it but-
3: all right. Hey, hi, listeners. I'm sitting here with my stepmom, Hollis, and she is going to share an experience she has with aliens for us today. Holly. So I grew up in Maine um, in a very old farmhouse built in 1795. Um, and they added parts on later through the years, but the main structure was from 1795. And my family and I lived in this house from 1973 to 1994. Um, And so later in life, I had this reoccurring dream, um, and then I soon came to realize it probably wasn't a Mm -hmm. dream, it was a memory. I had it's kind of replaying in your dreams more so to like process it yep so it started I was floating out of my bedroom Mm -hmm. down my hallway and I wasn't quite sure what was underneath me I think I glanced and I got a glimpse of these beings creatures about three feet high Gray, green, big heads, kind of typical as to what um, people yeah. are seeing. Like the stereotypical yeah. kind of almost cartoon alien that's like green, gray with the big head and the big eyes. Yeah, kind of. but very real yeah. to me. Um, I'm not sure how old I was. I would say maybe I was a teenager at the time. So uh, this being a big old farmhouse, we had two steps sets of stairs, a front mm. stair and a back stair. So okay. they brought me to the back stair, which was a very skinny, narrow stairwell and very steep with a door at the bottom. Okay. So I kind of remember looking up, the door was closed and they threw me down the stairs and I went really fast, still just prone on my back. Um, and then some other beings, the very same kind uh, grabbed me and marched me out of the dining room and in towards the kitchen. And I remember looking over towards the breakfast nook and my parents Mm -hmm. were sitting there, but they weren't facing me. They were looking out the window as if they were frozen in time. Oh, that's so eerie. It was bizarre and I couldn't cry for help. I Mm. just lay there and they marched me out of the house And that's where my memory ends. And through the years, I've tried to recall more of it, Mm -hmm. but I just just couldn't. Just more the initial going down the stairs and leaving and then waking up in your own bed the next day type of thing. Yes, yes, pretty much. And so the more I think about it, the more real it is felt to me mm-hmm. and the fact that I just can't remember kind of the before or after, you know, with what we know now with these alien abductions, it's kind of par for the course, but yeah, you know, that's my yeah. story. Still a very interesting experience and thank you for sharing it with us and everyone listening today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Of course.
0: That is epic. I love that. That's fantastic. I can't believe you know someone that has a story like that. And I'm and thank you to her. I'm glad that she was willing to share that with us. That definitely sounds terrifying.
2: Uh yeah, I was very surprised just in general, because it was something like I had not known about her. It's not like it's something I'm like, oh like this would be such a cool thing for someone to like concoct for yeah my podcast. I don't I don't do that kind of thing I think that's weird that's mm-hmm. definitely not me so when I mentioned it to her and she's like yeah I I was abducted by aliens as like a kid and like a, in my youth I was like
1: no, no. <laughs>
2: like at first I thought it I was like is she like joking with me right now and I was like no she's serious and I'm like I need to know more I, need I also- to know. so that's well, I was like, yeah. "Can I can I share this with everybody?" Like, I'm.
0: That's fantastic. I, was so I also love that I wouldn't have guessed that she like grew up in New England, and I'm like, it's just so delightfully Stephen King as well. I'm like, it could <laughs> this, this sense of like rolling hills with with autumn leaves in the air, and then just creepy little men in your house throw the throwing you down the stairs thing is what really got me. I was like, that is atypical. And I'm like, that is, uh, even just as a dream, like, that you're recalling, that is creepy and traumatic.
2: Yeah, it is very, very traumatic. So, before we really start to dive into things further, I'm going to list my sources for everyone. Mm -hmm. That is Wikipedia, Gaia.com, and a little bit from NBC News. Mm. So, overall, aliens, in my opinion, are both cool and scary.
1: Mm. I agree.
2: And that the idea of them, like, overall, I think is just absolutely amazing. And that I think, I personally think that it's kind of naive to think that we are alone In the universe, considering just the statistical probability that there is other life out there, let alone other life that is as intelligent as us potentially. Right. But then there's, once you start to get into that, you get into all these theories of like, oh, well, like maybe they can't contact us because like we're using different technology. Maybe Mm -hmm. if we are contact by them they're the kinds that we don't want to be in contact with and like we're dead right or just you get a lot of different ideas out there and i'm like yeah i i kind of don't want to get wiped out by another form of life because they just decided that that's how it should be
0: yeah my favorite thing is if you listen to certain experts kind of theorizing on what might draw someone to our little planet is they're like, there are different thoughts, you know, theories, different thoughts on, on what might motivate them. And they're like, but the bottom line is overwhelmingly most people who are like a race of beings out there that would get to the technological level to come all this way. They're probably not just coming to say hi and to like reach out, like, the the likelihood without really having any information on what would be coming out here but they're like considering our own restraints that we're or like constraints and and conflicts we face with like resource management and stuff they're like they're probably yeah. coming all this way because they see a planet that has a bunch of stuff they can take and they probably don't have any care in the universe about maintaining the population that's already there
2: yeah it's in other words it would be like if we were an indigenous population and the Europeans came and attacked us.
0: Yeah, it's... A... <laughs>
2: but in modern times, with worse technology.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's kind of creepy to think about because the motivation... Because, yeah, it, like if you're just trying to say hi, you probably wouldn't send a ship necessarily. You would send, at most, a tiny little probe that is, like, communicating across vast distances. So it's like, yeah. if we meet... Like, if our first contact is, like, face-to-face or, like, ship-to-ship, we're probably about to be annihilated.
2: (laughs) Yes. And I I will say, I can see it where, when you have seen stuff, like, being released, where it's, like, there's this, like, UFO spaceship over here, and it's, like, the size of, like, a small plane type of size, Mm. maybe Mm -hmm. a little bigger. That I understand a lot more in the sense of, like, coming down and like just checking things out to be like i just want to get like a lay of the lay on for sure instead of like a larger more menacing entity yeah something that's more like the size of like a fighter jet it's like hmm it's like checking this out like doing their own little like missions the way we do with like the military and stuff, like doing their own little like space mission to check it out. Yeah,
0: they're just coming by doing a little recon, seeing what's going on. I do think that the best we could probably hope for, like, best case scenario, is if if you're familiar with the Predator movie franchise, they usually a just bit. send Yeah, they usually just send one little ship, probably about the size of like two or three city buses in total, carrying one to like five aliens on it and then they show up they come down to like our forests and then they just hunt us for a little bit just just to kind of prove their own metal and check out the planet you know I'm like that's still them coming to try to kill us and as far as I can tell that's probably the best case scenario Yeah, like it's not planet wide destruction they're just coming by to just check it out and test us a little bit in, like, some kind of combat and then leave, leaving mm-hmm. the rest of the planet. But, uh, yeah, anything more than that is, is not a good time.
2: Yeah, and there is also the idea that other intelligent life out there is so beyond our technology that coming over here, it's like, why bother?
1: Right, yeah.
2: And for some of them, it's... There's the idea that, like, they've reached this more enlightened intelligence that we as humans have not reached yet because we still have so much conflict just in our general sphere. Mm -hmm. That them coming over here and being like, Hey, like, we're other intelligent life too. Let's be friends. Are like, they got enough going on. Like, (laughs) no, we're gonna break their brains if we like pop out of the sky and be like, hey, here's some new technology because you're really behind.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's why I think that, like, Gene Roddenberry, when he created Star Trek, had an interesting take on the idea that any enlightened and, like, highly advanced technologically superior race of beings would have a directive to just ignore anyone that's, like, essentially caveman-level technology. And like they would just pass us by. Like we would be so insignificant. We would essentially be like ants to them and they would be like that. That's the analogy that I've heard from certain scientists and theorists. It's just just like when you pass a group of ants on the street or like in your yard or whatever, you don't really think about them. You don't want to try and talk to them. You just walk past because they are so relatively speaking insignificant to your day. Yeah. Yeah, You're just not even going to, you're not going to give them a second thought. You're just going to move by.
2: Yeah. And so there's a lot of theories with that behind it. And then going back to what we were saying earlier with just kind of how big the universe is and the overall probability that there is something out there is that when you think about how many stars there are in the galaxy, just our galaxy, not Mm. the universe, it's Billions upon billions, if not within the trillions and beyond that. It's yeah. a ton. But then every single star has the potential to have around... I want to say it's it's either 8 to 11 or 7 to 11 planets in total. It might be a little more, it might be a little less. And within those groupings, you have the... What they call the... Um,
1: Goldilocks oh, zone? Gosh.
2: It's not the Goldilocks zone. It's like you have the different planet groupings. So you have like the gas giants and then more oh, of the oh. terrain. There's a specific name for it that is escaping me right now. Mm-hmm. Planets that are more Earth-like and that there is a surface. And then within that, you do have the Goldilocks zone or the habitable life zone, which is usually a range of two to three planets,
1: mm-hmm.
2: which is being... Close enough to the sun that you are not burning up and also not too far away that you are freezing to death.
0: Yeah. And it is a remarkably small zone. It is. Yeah.
2: which I want to say within our solar system, it generally only contains Earth and Mars, maybe Venus. But that is also because there's been new discoveries within the planet of Venus itself that once you get past the clouds that are just really difficult, there actually is a very calm surface underneath, which is very interesting. But then, of course, anything we send up there gets destroyed within minutes. So,
0: yeah, there's there's. Uh, there's, there's, te- there's technically an atmosphere and there's technically a surface on which some life could maybe live, but we would die instantly. <laughs> and like yeah. anything we would send can't withstand the pressure and the heat. So it's like maybe yeah. there was life at some point. Probably and not now.
2: There is also the idea that um, there are certain building blocks for life in order for life to live within each planet. One being that it has to be in a habitable zone. The second being that it has to have an atmosphere of some kind. And then the third being that there is a liquid on Mm. the planet. Mm
0: -hmm. It does
2: not have to be water, which is a very common misconception that people have is that they're like, you have to have water on planets for life. You do not. Right. It has to be a liquid, which means that we can have planets with intelligent life where they're drinking like methane gas, or they're liquid methane. Yeah, they're drinking liquid methane, and like that's their version of water. Right. Doesn't mean they can live here. Just means that the planet has life that runs off of that and has different building blocks. For its life.
0: Yeah, that's the one thing that I always take issue with with some scientists that you see on on the internet and in various interviews. They will sometimes sound so certain that like life cannot exist in this place on this planet, whatever. And I like that uh, someone like Neil deGrasse Tyson is always careful to say, as we know it like yeah the only experience that we have of of actual life forms is on our planet we're carbon based we require oxygen and water Mm -hmm. it's like so we have a very particular type of living that we have to have like a very particular kind of environment and things that we need and he's like so it's possible there are other forms of life based on nitrogen or something you know that that are off in different areas so it's like we might not be able to detect them yet. Maybe they're microscopic. It's like, it's possible they live in these places. They would just probably also be so bizarre to us that we might not even be able to communicate with them. Yeah, it's like, so far as we know it, we haven't found anything else yet.
2: Yes, and it does seem like a lot of our search for extraterrestrial life and other planets is more based in finding planets closest to our own. Mm Mm-hmm versus just generally looking for planets that contain those three things,
0: right. right,
2: which to be fair, it is easiest to start with ones that are closest to our own than it is to go mm-hmm. with ones that are very vastly different,
0: yeah, it's also easy to understand that, like it they might tend to look for things that are similar to Earth just mm-hmm. because that's what we're familiar with, but it's what again, we know. Right. So yeah. Start with yeah. What you know. yeah. Start with what you know and expand from there.
2: Yes. So and I can say from what I have heard and researched, we currently have two planets we found that are very Earth-like. Mm. One of them is really far away, which I want to say they call it. I think they call it Planet X, which is like the first one we discovered that looks. Very Earth like. And then they found one more recently within, I want to say within the last few months, that is another Earth like planet. Wow. Yeah.
0: It just so popping up like daisies, daisies all of you. a sudden. Yeah.
2: As my astronomy teacher used to say, planets are the cockroaches of the universe, <laughs> they are everywhere. <laughs> they are literally <laughs> everywhere. Like, I, yeah.
1: They're yes, everywhere. they
2: are. So, the aliens in particular that we are talking about today, as far as extraterrestrial life, are the greys.
1: Yes.
2: That is the stereotypical aliens that we think of with the very large head, the smaller bodies, the big eyes. Yeah. They're usually like a gray or a greenish hue in their skin.
0: The, the small little beady mouths, dark black eyes.
2: Like little little spots for noses. Yeah, yeah, or just if little they slits. have a nose or no nose. Really
0: yeah, The Voldemort yeah, nose. Real, I, damn it, you you beat me. I was gonna say yeah I'm like, yeah, it's a real Voldemort kind of vibe. And it's the, is the Voldemort. Of, nose. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I will get you and, and I mean typically Gray's Aren't known to live on the backs of other life forms' heads, as far as I know. Which that's is a good thing. Yeah. I mean, I mean yeah, maybe that is a species out there. Yeah, I don't know, but is yeah, they're not they're not typically known to live on the the backs of uh, teachers' heads. So that's good.
2: Thank God for that. <laughs>
0: Thank God for that. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. They are often described as not wearing clothing, mm,
0: but then. Mm-hmm.
2: They also have more of that like Ken and Barbie doll look of not having any genitalia, as far right. as we can see. Which some people believe that because of that, they can only reproduce from cloning technology. Mm, mm-hmm. I like to think that it's something like the alien that is in Scary Movie. I think <laughs> it's it's either... Scary
0: Movie or, like, Scary Movie 3. Yeah. The one with the... Yeah.
2: Um,
0: Jason Anderson, I think. Yes, yeah. There's an alien in it. Yeah, a lot of those movies are so dumb, but it has one of my favorite moments of any, like, really campy, shticky comic book, or not comic book, but comedy movie of all time. And it's where I, I think it's Charlie Sheen, Jason Anderson, and I think... A very early career um job, oh my God, I can't remember his name now black comedian often in movies with dwayne the Rock Johnson now um oh, Kevin Hart thank you, yeah, I think it's Jason Anderson and Kevin Hart are playing kind of a comedy duo and they're they yeah. end up Charlie Sheen around. But there's a moment where they're all getting ready to like go and confront the aliens that have just shown up and they're carrying mm-hmm. shovels and Jason Anderson says something like let's go fuck him up and then he he kind of uh, moves his hand up holding the shovel and then slams it down as if he's cocking a shotgun and it makes the noise and then a shell pops out of it and they run out and I'm like that doesn't make any <laughs> sense but it's That's the fuck so I've ever seen. Yeah and I'm like But that's just what an action movie is. Like, they have entered the action part of the film. So he cocks his shotgun, ejects the shell, and then they run off to join the fight. I'm like, that's... There's a lot of stupid stuff in those movies. I absolutely love that moment.
2: There is. Oh, I love it. But I was thinking about it. I'm like, you know, like, we don't necessarily know what, like, their internal body composition is. So it could be Mm -hmm. something like that because... When they do actually... Spoilers for anyone who has not seen it. Which I'd be surprised. If you haven't, go watch it. Um, So they, they, like, do confront the aliens. And they're like, oh, you're actually, like, the good guys. And they're, like, disgusted that they shake hands. They're like, yeah. why would you do that? No. Because they, like, pee out of their finger. Yeah.
0: Which also <laughs> feels strangely relevant to like the last few years with COVID and how we've had to get Nobody away from stands. that. Yeah, yeah. And it really does feel you get used to not doing it. And so anyone extending their hand to you is like, oh no, we're not supposed to.
1: Yeah,
0: in a weird way they were telling the future of what was gonna happen during a pandemic.
2: Yeah, they're kicking each other in the crotch to like say hello and goodbye.
0: <laughs> well, and I also think I've heard that like another theory is um sort of lack of obvious genitalia and and not wearing at least what we would perceive as clothing yeah is is this idea that they are so far advanced they have they're so much farther down like their evolutionary trail cuz it's possible mm-hmm. they've been around you know for many more exactly. millennia and so it's like they're just so far beyond what we would even comprehend as, as like beings would be. And it's like, they don't even have a concept of clothing anymore because it doesn't factor into their lives.
2: Yeah. It's. Yeah. It's one of those things that it's like either they have clothes or if they do, it's like the same color as their skin. So it blends in. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of one of those things. I'm like, okay, just because you can't necessarily see it at first glance. Does that mean that that's not there? Mm-hmm. It's because you don't see that they have sex organs. Does it mean that they don't have them? Like
0: Right. Well, and think about you all the creatures. Like, like, taking
2: them apart. Right. I don't think well, it's a good idea.
0: Yeah, and like, like uh, lots of rodents and stuff that you see crawling around, or especially more, like, lizard-like creatures.
2: i say, like, snakes.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think to the average person, unless you study those kinds of creatures, you wouldn't have any idea what their genitalia were,
1: Yeah,
0: they are on the creature, or what even to look for. So exactly. it, it can make sense that we wouldn't necessarily... Uh, Pick up on that right away, or yeah. the one—the the only ones that ever visit us are just the creepy nudist ones that have been kicked out Maybe. of their, their own been societies. kicked out of ostracized yeah. in the community. Yeah. And
1: they're
0: like, they're let's like go the the nudist colony
2: over there. Like, uh, yeah,
0: they're and visiting they're just,
2: the humans again. Yeah.
0: <laughs> they're the creepy ones that go and and fuck around with the humans. And they're like, they're actually trying to do these weird sex acts on us. And it always just ends up in like horrible dreams and shit. And they're like, it's like like these humans are just squares, man. They always freak out. But they keep coming back.
2: They keep coming back for more. Yeah. It is one of those things like we don't entirely know. So who's to say?
0: Yeah, it's all a guess at this point.
2: Yes, but they do have the more skeletal long arms and legs that are a little spindly.
1: Yeah. And creepy.
2: They're they're completely hairless and a little more reptilian as far as like not having a hair, not having a nose necessarily, yeah. and not having ears. Uh they're there are two distinct groups of gray aliens and that there is a group that is three to four feet tall. And then there are some that are six to seven feet tall. Oh. And they are very much different groups.
0: Huh. I never even thought about that. I think yes. I always just think of the, the shorter ones. But yeah, now that you mention it, I suppose there are accounts of, of taller ones, too.
2: Yes, I want to say they're usually leaning towards the seven-foot side. They are very tall.
0: Large. Yeah, like, not large creatures, but tall and imposing, looming over Mm -hmm. you. Creepy.
2: Yes, they are considered to be more reptilian humanoids. And being more human is that, like, they are bipedal. They have more of the human-type features, like, arms and legs and hands and fingers with opposable thumbs Mm -hmm. and having more of the upright shoulder torso hips, legs composure.
0: Yeah. (laughs) They, they, they sort of, they sort of look like us, but they're not us.
2: Yes. They look like us, but they're not. They go by a few names,
0: Mm. which
2: is the Zeta reticulin.
0: Oh, I wasn't expecting it to sound so scientific. Like, and again, the names you're talking about are just for the tall ones.
2: These are for both. They use them interchangeably, which I'm like. Well then, (laughs) I'm waiting for one of them to come down and be like, "It is so offensive that you group (laughs) us in these with this group over here."
0: I love the idea that first contact would be them coming to like. Correct because us on our pronouns. Them. Yeah. Uh, excuse me. We're beta reticulans. They're zetas. Zetas are gross. Okay. And it's like, but I love that. You, you traveled so far. What is that? And, and then they just. Like,
2: I am so sick and tired of you doing this for the last like seventy years. Just yeah. fix it.
0: We have radio technology. We've been getting your TV shows. Uh, first of all, Twilight Zone sucks. They do not. Uh, describe us positively at all.
2: I'd love for them to come down and be like, but I really loved Golden Girls. Bring it back. And then you're like, we can't. They're yeah. like, oh! No.
0: <laughs> I love the idea that they would just be pissy about our television.
2: Just I do like, too.
0: Look, we're not creative on our planet. We can't do stuff like this. Can you, yeah, do the Golden Girls again? It's like, you're 40 years too late it's kind of there was sort of an expiration date on humans and you have passed it
2: yes so other names they go by are the roswell grays roswell aliens and then hmm. Greys or the grays
0: do you have any idea where zeta reticulum came from
2: I do actually.
0: Okay, great, because i uh, like the Roswell thing or just the grays, like that makes sense. We all associate it with Roswell. Gray is their color. Where the hell does Zeta Reticulin come from?
2: So it comes <laughs> from the abduction of Betty and Barney Hill.
0: Oh, oh shut famous
2: up. abduction.
0: Their last name is Hell. Hill. Oh, my bad. Continue. Not
2: hell. I mean, that would be quite a name.
0: Yeah, I thought that would be a hell of a... Well, there hell it is. Hell of a name. Yeah. she's Hill. Okay.
2: So the name Zeta Reticulin comes from the sky map that they gave Betty, and that that is where oh. they said they were from. Was this certain star system called Zeta Retic? I think it's Zeta Reticuli.
0: Yeah. Something and so, of, they're reticulans. Of that nature, so they are right.
2: reticulens.
0: That does ring a bell now that you mention it. Yeah, okay. The Hill the Hill family.
2: Yes. They are right. thought to be controlled by having a hive mind mentality. Mm. Which is also known as like swarm intelligence, in that they are kind of more decentralized and they're like self-organizing, but it doesn't seem like there is this person giving out direction directly
0: right so it's not like a queen controlling a a mind like they're not one organism they just kind of have a group think so they're they're still technically individuals but they work kind of as one unit
2: yeah which they also communicate telepathically so just because we don't see it doesn't mean it isn't potentially happening
0: right right they I'm, could i don't
2: know how telepathy works
0: they could yeah they could be talking smack about us the whole time and we just can't even tell and they're like you these fucking no humans are so stupid
1: like,
2: they damn. still
0: talk do you get have we haven't talked for billions of years
2: yes so the origins of the gray aliens Goes back for, I don't even know how long, a very long time. (laughs) It is suspected that they have been Hmm, visiting... What?
0: No, I was just, go ahead. I I was wondering, like, what the date might be, but I think you're getting to what I'm asking.
2: I don't have a specific date, because it is believed that they've been visiting our planet since the ancient Egyptians.
0: That's what I was, yeah. I, I was thinking, like, well, the Roswell aliens uh, sometime in the 50s. But, yeah, you mean, like, we we have hieroglyphic yeah, things goes. that, yeah, yeah.
2: They're on their money. They're mm. in hieroglyphics, which, if you go into very deep parts of the British Museum, you can find some of that stuff in, like, their little Egyptian section. You gotta go, like, way back in there, though.
1: They the got like all these like
2: coins, and you're like, there that's an alien. Oh my god.
0: Holy crap. What? I do like I, I've always found the show Ancient Aliens or oh, Yeah so to be It's so entertaining and in my opinion laughably ridiculous for the most part. But when they get into the idea of like certain uh, like hieroglyphs that that sort of appear to be depicting a man from space, mm-hmm. it does get a little compelling because you're like, we don't necessarily know what this image is supposed to mean.
2: Yeah, but
0: it does look like some dude in a spaceship coming out of like, or a, a dude in a spacesuit coming out of a spaceship. <laughs> like, it, we we can't say for sure what it's supposed to be, but that's sure as hell what it looks like.
2: And that's also why they thought that they started doing like the head bindings to
0: Mm -hmm. give them that
2: specific head shape was that they got visited by these aliens. And they're like, well, I want my head to look like that. Like they're intelligent. So.
0: Right. Yeah. They want to they want to be. Just almost like forcing their own evolution. Yeah, like if their head looks like that, and we might make our heads look like that, then we'll be as smart as them. We'll be able to travel the skies.
2: It's possible. We don't really know.
0: Yeah, seems like that didn't work out. But maybe ancient humans did do that, and they left Earth. Could could have been.
2: It's possible. They also have depictions of aliens in other, like, cave paintings and drawings. Mm, mm-hmm. You can find them in there as well. And we don't know how far back those go. But the earliest written record that we have is from the 1891 novel Meta, A Tale of the Future. Wow. Which is a nar- the narrator of the story, encounters small gray aliens with balloon-like heads.
0: A bit of a wordy title, but I mean, at least you, you understand what it's trying to say.
2: Yes, It feels is. like
0: the whole story is in the title. I, I don't need to critique this person's oh, writing, the, I'm just sorry, saying it's a little... The
2: title is meta, a tale of the future.
0: Still a little bland.
2: <laughs> it is, it's boring. It's cool.
0: I mean, yeah, Have a leave a little bit for the story is all I'm saying. We get it. Just leave it at meta. and We don't have to have a subtitle for everything. We don't. That was written in 1891. I guess I can't hold it against him.
2: They also showed up in H.G. Wells' book, The Man oh. of the Year Million, which is written in 1893. Wow. And he describes humans with no hair, no nose, no mouth, and very large heads. He also depicts the Eloi, which is similar, I guess. or I want to say that's like what he named them Mm
0: -hmm. in
2: his book, The Time Machine, which was written in 1895.
0: I always forget that, like, I wouldn't have thought that that kind of sort of intriguing sci-fi writing was happening so long ago. It really feels like something that didn't come around until at least like 1930s, but... uh... That's some old-timey writing.
2: Well, I want to say H.G. Wells wrote War of the Worlds before
0: that. I think so.
2: Yeah. And that was like a big deal for people, because that was one of his more popular works involving aliens.
0: Well, and I think, too, that it's more commonly known as the the radio play. uh, That, like,
2: verified millions?
0: Yeah, coincidentally by another Wells a generation later, and so I suppose maybe that's just why I associate it more with like the 50s, but yeah, I mean HG Wells was quite a time ago.
2: Yes. We also get information from the occultist Alistair Crowley, who I mm. very much want to do an episode on because he just mm-hmm. is a very interesting person. And that he described having a meeting with a being extra terrestrial of some kind named lamb
0: um i'm sorry lamb like oh okay
2: which he described to be similar to the gray aliens
0: but name but this was just an individual named lamb
2: the alien is named lamb
0: right yeah all right i mean you know they might have names that just happen to sound like things that just I'm just saying from a writing standpoint, that feels lame.
2: Yes. So he believed he contacted these beings through a process he calls the Amalantra workings, which Hmm. he thinks is what allows humans to contact and connect with beings in outer space and across dimensions.
0: Wow. (laughs) It's quite a device.
2: Yes. Well, this alien lamb, his home his homeboy, has had other encounters with other people.
0: Oh, in other is, dimensions and in other planets.
2: Just other people here oh. in Earth.
0: He's got a he's got a device that can take him, as far as we can tell, literally anywhere in all of existence, and he uh, just comes and hangs out with Earthlings.
2: Yes, he all right. He has hung out with other occultists and a few ufologists, I guess. <laughs> it's like what he's oh, cool. doing with his time.
0: Look, oh, I, I know I have this cool device. I've gone everywhere in every time. Earth is the only other place that has people. So I'm going to keep coming back.
2: Yeah, but people have described being visited by him specifically, which I think is very interesting that they're like, oh yeah, it's this one specifically. And they have all described him as having a cold computer-like intelligence and that intelligence being utterly beyond human comprehension.
0: I am Lamb. I'm I'm not great in social situations.
2: He might not be.
0: (sighs) He might not be. I, uh, he's, doing,
2: he's probably just doing his best.
0: Yeah, exactly. He's just like, I have existed for so long. I don't know how to interact. Yeah. And that's why he keeps visiting Earth. because He's just like, you guys seem cool. I need friends.
2: Yes. So they have also made an appearance in the Swedish novelist Gustav Sangren's book, The Unknown Danger. Ooh. And this is where they have been described as having clothing, is that he described them as having soft gray fabric on.
0: Mm, okay. <laughs> Which is an account that seems not to have gained prominence, as we all, like, just about every other story seems to be like, eh, they're naked. Gray skin. He's like...
2: They're no, naked, they, it's fine.
0: Yeah, but maybe they're just wearing suits. Nah, they're naked. That's what we yeah, all like to naked. think.
2: And next... We have a brief overview of abductions.
0: Yes. This is the the meat of the subject.
2: Yes. The most important being Betty and Barney Hill. And their story kind of became the famous archetype for alien abductions. They were abducted in 1961 as they were out driving in their vehicle. Which, Mm. this is a whole story in itself and could be its own episode. So, I'm going to just do a Mm -hmm. quick little skim across the surface. So, they were driving, they saw this bright light off in the distance and this like big saucer type thing. They saw like a very bright light in the center, in like the center part of it, and saw like shadows of human like figures in the window. And within that time, had some sort of time lapse, were abducted, and then like they were back in their car and they're like, it's been three hours. Mm. What happened? And through kind of processing it, doing a lot of therapy, they started having these memories of being abducted. So they had a huge time loss from it and they both suffered some pretty severe PTSD afterwards as well.
0: Yeah, that does not sound fun. No,
2: no. There was some suspicion with their abduction and that people are like, oh, they got it from this TV show that aired like 12 days before and this and that. And there's there's always going to be skeptics out there. But I I'd say it's pretty hard to fake having PTSD. I think that's a very I personally think that's a very hard thing to
0: fake. Well, and I think there's a theory, too just like in psychology, that it's one of the origins of the idea of like a shared psychosis, which I don't know Mm -hmm. if they can even necessarily prove, but they're like, well, they both saw the same thing. They went through this trauma. It's probably some psychological thing.
1: That's possible. There,
0: there, we solved it. It's not aliens, it's their crazy minds.
2: (laughs) So it has been reported that 73% 73% of alien abductions and encounters in the U.S. are from the Greys. Hmm. 50% in Australia are the Greys. Hmm. In the continental Europe, it is 48%. And then Wikipedia said 125% in the U.K., which I think is actually just
0: 25%. What <laughs> the hell? Yeah. That's...
2: And then the fact that it's 125 kind of made my day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the, a lot of the incidents are sort of doubling up on each other. It's the idea that m- these—they're the only country that has individuals who have been abducted so many times that they count like an they extra percentage. Flight. Exactly. They count extra. Exactly.
2: It's, yeah. it's possible.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: one thing that is very common is that the abductions are generally very traumatic. Yeah. Most people don't want to talk about them if they can even remember them. Most of them don't. For some people, if they do remember things, it's very small bits and pieces. They don't generally remember the whole thing. Some absolutely do. And they're like, I don't want to talk about it. Or if they do talk about it, it takes a very long time for them to then talk about it. Yeah. And it has been noted to be as traumatic as being sexually assaulted or in military combat.
0: Right. I, I will say that even as a skeptic, I, I personally don't know if I believe in any actual accounting of abductions. But what seems to be clear from, from any standpoint is that the trauma is real. Yeah. Whatever they experienced, however they perceived it, whatever. The trauma like, is
1: real.
0: Yeah, the trauma is certainly real. They have experienced something that is not pleasant.
2: Yes. Something we do know is that they are very interested in the human body and more specifically in like wanting samples, if Hmm. that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Taking a little like biopsy tissue or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: Barney Hill stated that they took a sample of semen from him because they're like, we need this, I I guess. We
0: need this. (laughs)
2: Okay. Some people have claimed to have been used as a vessel for creating an alien-human hybrid, and then they, like, come and take the fetus away
1: after mm-hmm.
2: a short amount of time. Which, if they're doing that, they need to stop that. That is not consensual.
0: No, yeah. Although I do like that as, to me, the most logical reason. It, it like, it kind of answers certain questions for, like, the idea that there's no obvious genitalia. We we like the idea that they might use cloning technology to reproduce. Yeah. It's like, well, if they don't have organs, like they've evolved beyond the point of having reproductive organs or something. It kind of makes sense that they might come and seek out creatures that do have those things. And then they mm-hmm. might use them, maybe not as literal vessels, but at least as like a template for creating something that they could use as a reproductive chamber for lack of a better phrase. But like, I mean, it, it it just seems like the most reasonable explanation for why they would give any shit about like what makes us humans. I don't know.
2: Yeah. And realistically, I think that if that is what they are trying to do and that's what they want, they just need a website where people can sign up for it because yeah, people will. Absolutely. There are people out there that'd be like, I consent to this. Pick me.
0: I'll give you some DNA. Yeah, I don't know if I have the correct body for carrying a, a an alien hybrid zygote to term, but I'll, I'll look into it. Give me a pamphlet. Just let, at least let me look into it.
2: Let me look into it.
0: Yeah, give it us is, the option.
2: Yeah, they can do this in a consensual way. They just aren't uh-huh. choosing to do it.
0: Yeah, they but, might even be able to make a little scratch on it. There would be, would be people, yeah, a bunch of weird, eccentric billionaires who were like, "Yeah, I'd like to see a weird human alien thing."
2: Well, yeah, and it's it's one of those things. I'm like, you'll find the right people; they're out there. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. There, there is there. undoubtedly there are definitely people that would sign up for it for free with yeah. without hesitation. There yeah. are people out there that have been waiting for that opportunity.
2: I am sure there are. I am mm-hmm. not one of those people, but I know they exist.
0: <laughs> Me neither. No judgment. Hey, if that's what you're into. And that's your thing. Yeah. And that's kind real. of the whole point is it just should be consensual. If aliens want to do this.
2: You want to do be it, permission. be consensual.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's we're telling I you I aliens, if there are any aliens listening to this, you can find humans that will sign up.
2: You can. It's out there. You just build a website, you'll find it. Yeah, exactly. And As we've kind of touched on earlier, there is the theory that they are a later evolution of the human species
1: Mm, mm -hmm. and that
2: they have evolved to where they are now from doing so much cloning and, like, DNA modification that they now can no longer reproduce, like, with their own Mm, DNA. mm
0: -hmm. Right, right. Yep.
2: And that, like, that would be why they're trying to, like, harvest our DNA is to either keep their species alive or to create these hybrids.
0: Yeah. After you essentially copy the same strains of DNA so many like millions of times they're like, we need some fresh sauce in the mix, so to speak. Yeah.
2: It is generally agreed in an overarching sense that they are connect- conducting some sort of long-term testing of sorts. Mm. And that, we are seen as more of a uh, test subject. Yeah. And that they are a bit more unconcerned with our emotions and feelings.
0: Without a doubt, yeah.
2: There there are a few out there that are, but most of them are like meh.
0: Meh. I do like the idea that like at some point in the past they like seeded our planet with life and then came back later and we're like, holy shit, they're all over the place now. We just and put that, them on this one continent, you know, like, like a thousand damn, years there they ago. <laughs> yeah, like, oh my god, they're having wars and stuff? Jesus Christ.
2: That actually would be kind of funny if that is how everything happened. They're just like boop! There you go. Be free. Then they came back and they're like, oh my god. They're like, "Oh my god, they're killing each other."
0: No. Yeah. <laughs> Why can't you all just get along?
2: Uh, they have been observed to be working with other species of aliens. Interesting. One of which being a more reptilian type, which that was kind of interesting because they are also described to be kind of reptilian, but more on the human side.
0: Yeah. <laughs> But, like, then, we're sort of, I mean, I guess we're in a way kind of part reptile. I mean, sort of, we have, I mean, a little, yeah, we have certain similarities in our brain structure and damn.
2: things. And there's also a Nordic alien species.
0: Shut which, up, really?
2: Yes. You I like don't know if you've Vikings? heard of the. Yes.
0: Shut yes. up. No, I've never heard of that. That sounds amazing.
2: Have you heard of the Travis Walton? abduction no oh well I'll I'll cover that. That's a very about. interesting one okay but he, and that was his experience was being abducted by nordic aliens
0: sounds fucking fantastic and he's yeah. like just you wake up and you're drinking like, a bunch of I, beer
2: am i with just like a bunch of like swedish supermodels
0: yeah. hello happened? you kind of passed out we are having a big party just for you. No, oh, that's more I German, that's, I think, but... Yeah. Very <laughs> similar.
2: It's, so, it's similar, yeah. With aliens being aliens, there are a lot of conspiracy theories mm. that
1: mm-hmm.
2: pop up. And, oh, I just completely skipped over Roswell. Let's talk about that
0: real quick. <laughs> <laughs> big one that everyone's waiting to come around. Like, are they really Big not one.
2: Everybody? Yeah. You know. Talk about this. So there's also Roswell, which is the big famous crash that happened in 1947, where a flying saucer crashed into Roswell, New Mexico. Uh, They didn't link gray aliens to it until 1980, technically. But the saucer was discovered by, I believe it was a local farmer, and that they like crashed in his field,
0: somewhere like
2: on his property, and he's like, uh. What is this? Like trying to figure out what to do. And then the government just like showed up and he's like, oh, not sure what this is.
0: <laughs> well, this looks like some weird space technology.
2: Yes. And like to this day, the government will say it's a weather balloon. It was a nothing weather more. balloon that came and crashed in the field. It is nothing else.
0: Everybody get over it. It's nothing. Yeah. It's just weird stuff. Stop looking at it. Mm
2: -hmm. Yep. But there were multiple eyewitness accounts to government officials carrying and handling these unusual proportioned, bald, child-sized gray beings. Weird. Most likely aliens, I think.
0: Uh, Yeah, it's some weird cloning program.
2: The government's not going to tell us. We know that. So there are a lot of conspiracy theories (laughs) surrounding Aliens, going back to that. Okay,
0: okay, perfect. Conspiracies, yeah.
2: Yes. So one of them is that you know the whole government denying and being like, "This isn't real. Mm. This is not what you think it is." No, yes.
0: right? Yeah, the weather balloon. balloon. Yes, that's just tissue paper.
2: Yes, it's that. It's part of this government disinformation deniability campaign. Near the government, that's kind of more the general public. Ignorance is bliss. Yeah. The less they know, probably better for... There are some people out there where, like, this would be too much for them. And I think that's fair to say. I don't think that's the general public, but I've also seen people do very stupid things just working in retail.
0: Yeah, there are definitely people who, like, there are... Examples of people that you can put forth that makes you understand why the government would the government would keep stuff under wraps.
2: Yeah, I and I can say from my own experience, I did have someone be like, what time do you open? It says you open at eight. I'm like, we open Uh at eight and it's, you know, it's eight oh two now. So, yeah. (laughs) We only I will not let you in a second before we open at eight.
1: Yeah, they're
2: like. Oh, but like some stores open 10 minutes before. And I was like, most do not. That's a lie. No, (laughs) no, I don't know anyone who does that. You open at 10. It is at 10, not 9.50.
0: And even if other stores do, this one doesn't.
2: This one doesn't. Those are our hours.
0: Get used to it. Oh,
2: and I'm like, okay. Yeah. It's not my fault you decided to get up at 6 AM.
0: Yeah. Your job doesn't start until 9. What are you doing here?
2: Those people are so weird. So Yeah, they really are. I understand that and keeping people in the dark and you know, just deny, deny, deny.
0: Yeah, exactly. Sometimes it's just the easiest strategy and the most effective occasionally.
2: Yeah. Some people believe that they are the product of a mind control experiment through yes. the government. And I mean we found out MKUltra was real, so <laughs> yeah.
0: that does kind of make anything possible.
2: It honestly does. That's I think that's the thing is we find these things that the government has been doing we're like, "You thought this was a good idea?"
0: Right. All right. So we gave a bunch of people LSD. And didn't know that, like, come on. We needed to know what it could do. It's
2: called having scientific experiments that are ethical.
0: You people didn't need to know. Yeah, part of the experiment was making sure that no one knew. And now we know that it's also not a good idea to do that when no one knows. Yeah. But we wouldn't have known if we hadn't not let them know. Checkmate.
1: Oh,
2: they have also become linked to the New World Order.
0: Oh, yeah, that makes sense.
2: And they also could potentially be part of the military industrial complex in that they are a very secretive branch of the military.
0: (laughs) Wait, wait, aliens (laughs) themselves are a branch of the military? Yeah,
2: that one got me a little bit. I'm like, but which military?
0: Well, We're not it, a united yeah.
2: military.
0: That's true. And also, I feel like it would be hard to have enough aliens on the planet without the general populace finding out that it makes an entire military. I suppose if they have advanced enough technology, they wouldn't need to have that many actual aliens.
2: They would only need a handful, probably. Yeah. Keep them in a very specific branch that's a very need-to-know.
0: That's what Men in Black was all about. Yeah. Well, except that was also about aliens living in plain sight among us, so maybe not the best example. Anyways, there's there's reason to so think it, Yeah. There's reason to think that they could be among us. And they yeah. are apparently enlisting.
2: They are enlisted. Yeah. Look out. So that is that is our overview of gray aliens. Nice.
0: Oh. I liked I liked. How many different places that touches? I was not expecting it to go. I think the last one is the one that I am most curious about now. I really want to know who thinks that they're service members and in what branch and maybe not even necessarily the U.S. I mean, I suppose they could be elsewhere, but that, I definitely am most curious about that now.
2: <laughs> yes, yeah. I got so many things I'm so intrigued by now.
0: Just well, watching thank- think. Well thank you for telling us about gray aliens. I had fun.
2: Of course. Good, good,
0: excellent. Do you do you have a rating for the food and the drinks this week?
2: I am gonna give the food a solid seven and a half. Nice. I enjoyed it, but I I'm a little particular about breakfast food sometimes and yeah. that I want things. To either be super savory or like, mm. I'm sweet on like occasion, right. but I do think this does touch more of that like sweet savory combo, and I do like that. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, the drink I'm gonna give a nine because I'm a very big fan of like White Russians, and that is like what yes. this was to me.
0: I am I am gonna go nine for both. Uh, they're oh very close i also like white russians um i'm it's the one that i had in seattle was a pretty solid 10 um That's everyone on everyone at the table took a sip it was universally really beloved that. yeah i really? think i just need to work on the ratio a bit more i think i actually need to reduce the amount of alcohol and the amount of coffee because i That's put fine. in like 5 shots of coffee for two or like well, I think I put in, yeah, no, I, I think the ratio is technically like three parts coffee to two parts alcohol. But okay. I think I needed more cream overall to kind of balance out the heaviness of, or not heaviness, but like the bite of the bitterness of the coffee and the alcohol. But Makes I sense. think it's, it's nearing perfection. It's almost like the perfect drink to me. Um, Ooh, good. And then I think it pairs really well with the little uh, pancakes. And it does
2: pair it all together. I'd give the pairing like an 8.
0: Yeah, it's so close to being a 10 for me. I was surprised how much I liked it. But I think kind of what I mentioned before, I think the better way to do it would be instead of trying to make the pancakes into bullseyes, just kind of fry up the little pancakes and use them as like buns for a sandwich. Make one yeah. egg. Put on some, like, cheese and some ham and stuff. Mm.
2: Ooh, that'd That'd be be good. Make a little sandwich with that. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, with a little breakfast sandwich. Probably cook it up pretty quick and be nice and easy to go. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: No
0: crusts. So for those pickier eaters, you know, there's nothing to remove. It's almost an Uncrustable, like, breakfast sandwich. Also, why don't Uncrustables make, like, egg sandwiches?
2: I don't know. That is a great question.
0: Yeah, just pre-cook some of the eggs, put in some, like, bacon and stuff, then just do whatever they do to make it an Uncrustable. I got to contact some people. We got to patent this. We do. Copyright. Today. There. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we said it. Not the Uncrustables brand. We don't own that, but we'll put it under something else. Try to sell it to them.
1: Yeah. Something
0: like that. And speaking of good stories, do we have something coming up for next week?
2: Yes, I, so originally we were going to talk about Elmer Wayne Henley from our Dean Coral episode.
0: Oh, right.
2: But I think I'm going to switch it around.
0: Okie dokie.
2: And that I would love to talk about Gabby Petito, which was a huge case a year ago when she went missing. And I didn't want to talk about this at like shortly after it happened just because of Everything being so insane and in some ways kind of the amount of media coverage it was getting. It's hard to kind of get all of the details straight as things are coming out and like the story is changing. Mm -hmm. And it's been about a year since I think she first went missing, which is kind of why I want to touch on it now.
0: That and makes sense. Yeah. Because
2: like I wanna say more of those last little details have kind of come out.
0: Right, right. Yeah. Let some time pass. Let let everything kind of get fleshed out a bit more. Wait until all the details are essentially in.
2: Yes. Which not to say that I don't think it is important to bring awareness to missing persons' cases. I think that is extremely important and especially when someone does first go missing. But given Mm -hmm. the situation and kind of all of the things that were happening and the fact that it was such a big case, it is also not necessarily a case that I felt we needed to touch on immediately. Yeah. And then, of course, given everything that's happened, that as well. But then... Well, yeah. We will also... In the next few weeks, talk about the Forbidden City in China.
0: Ooh. Apparently it
2: is a very haunted.
0: That sounds awesome.
2: And the Holocaust Avengers.
1: Shut
0: up. What? <laughs> that sounds amazing.
2: Yes. That one I found just trying to find like cool things in history and was like, I'm sorry. What?
0: I mean, okay. obviously, I know that it's not going to be like Marvel comic style, but that is where my mind goes. And that makes me so excited.
1: (laughs) I just want
0: there to be some. Well, especially since Captain America has his origins in fighting Nazis and stuff. So that sounds badass.
2: And hopefully, I guess, depending on what things look like scheduling wise, we can do an episode about Elvis soon, hopefully.
0: Yes, and we're going to be working on that, on that, and hopefully, yeah, yeah, hopefully I mean, within the next month,
2: pretty yes. much
0: got to work I on mean, some food details and stuff.
2: Yes, got to work, got to work on some timing and stuff. We'll get it figured out.
0: Yeah, we'll get there. In the meantime, if you have any suggestions for us, you can email them to us at Peculiar Pairings at gmail.com and you can visit us on Twitter at Peculiar Pair Pod or uh check out our Instagram at peculiar pairings pod and uh check us out on Patreon.
2: Yes. And I will say we hit our Instagram goal of 100 yeah, followers. Right. We are currently at 119. I would love <laughs> to see if we could get that up to 250. That's I'm putting yeah. that as our next goal is 250.
0: I agree. And we had talked about doing like a goal for uh, like some kind of just celebratory thing for hitting 100. And then I didn't even realize that we already had basically. And now we've surpassed that. And I'm like, it, it actually feels like we're growing faster than I was expecting. And so I feel like maybe we'll wait for some kind of like special celebration thing when we do hit 200 or 250, but ah, eh, we'll figure it out. It just feels like the 100 went and passed like it
2: passed very unexpectedly
0: quickly. yeah yeah
2: it, it did <laughs> happen a good very problem. fast which i'm i am okay with but yeah. if anyone would like to send any screenshots of things you find funny that you'd like us to comment on or read on because that is something we've talked about doing for our like yeah. celebratory thing I myself am like a big fan of the Wendy's sassy
1: tweets. <laughs> yes.
2: And it's just some of them I I got into a deep dive on it and it made my day. So anything like that you'd like us to comment on and read on, I think would be a lot of fun. We can go in whatever direction works for anyone who does give us feedback if.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Whatever you no idea is is off the table. We won't necessarily do anything that is suggested but feel free to suggest anything and we'll take it under consideration.
2: Yes. We will consider it at least.
0: Right, right. We'll we'll check it out.
2: Hmm. I think that's that it. That's it for us this week.
0: Yeah, that sounds good to me. Thanks for listening everybody. We'll see you next time.
1: Bye. Bye-bye.